Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yanyan. Today I'm going to be talking about two sins. One is called the unpardonable sin, and one is called the sin unto death. They're not the same thing, then even the same people don't commit it. But we're going to talk about that today from the Word of God. If you've ever had any concern in your life, have I ever committed the unpardonable sin? Maybe you have somebody in your own family that says, I think I've committed the unpardonable sin. Now you'll have answers for them. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello, welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandy, and it's great to have you here today. And we're going to take up a fun one today. I don't mean, you know, like fun, fun, fun. It's going to be what it is. We're going to take something that people don't like to talk about, or when they do, there's fear comes over them. We're just going to explain today the difference between the unpardonable sin and the sin unto death, because they are two different things we'll talk about from the Word of God. In fact, I have this on a series. If you'd like to order this, they'll tell you later on the broadcast how you can have a copy of it. And again, I always tell you this. I know I repeat myself, but maybe this is for a first time watcher today or somebody hadn't hadn't seen me say this. It comes back to this. I think the best place to listen to these is in your car. I know you might have time at home. You can sit down at a desk and all that, but not everybody has that because your life is busy. But in the car, I mean, you usually just turn on a radio station or, or you know, uh, uh, talk radio or you listen to, you know, oldies and, and you know, your favorite uh, Western country and Western songs and stuff. But it comes back to this. The greatest thing you can listen to is the Word of God. Because, I mean, for that drive to the office and back or whatever you do to listen to the Word of God is important. So this one will help explain to you the one that we're offering today. Again, the difference between the unpardonable sin and the sin unto death. So if you would turn with me to John chapter 16 and verse 8, while you're turning there, I want to thank all of you. If you're watching for the first time today, welcome. Glad to have you here. It's a blessing to have you here. And uh, we just open up the Word of God on this program. All I do is just take the Word of God. I let the Word speak for itself. I throw in some comments. Maybe I'll throw a story in once in a while. But the main thing is, is let the Bible speak for itself. And one sermon. God can divide up a thousand different ways. If there's a thousand different people attending that day, break it up to each one of them because why? The word of God has that power and one verse can speak all those different ways. I'm simply here to tell you here today, many are gonna hear this and it's gonna answer questions you have that someone else didn't have. You'll get something out of this that someone else didn't because of the power of the Holy Spirit. For those of you who've been watching for a long, long time, welcome back. Glad to have you. And for those of you who are partners with me, thank you. Thank you for joining me in partnership. In fact, this broadcast is brought to you by God, the Holy Spirit, Bob, but also those who are partners with me. If you'd like to become a partner with me, then go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner. John chapter 16 and verse eight says this, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. This is the Holy Spirit, not Jesus. Jesus is saying this. He's talking about when the Holy Spirit comes, that'll be on the day of Pentecost. His presence has always been in this world, but now he's gonna come in a totally different and powerful way. It says, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, singular, and of righteousness, and of judgment, and of sin, because they do not believe in me. When he refers back here to that sin at the end, he said, of sin, because they do not believe in me. He's amplifying the fact that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin. Notice, not the body of Christ, not Christians. He will convict the world 
of sin. So it comes back to this. This is the unpardonable sin. There's only one unpardonable sin. It's rejection of Jesus as Savior, and there's only one person that can commit it, and that is a sinner. And a believer cannot do it. It's an unbeliever that does it, and it is a decision which he lives with all of his life. He can change that decision. There can be, there's people that have again rejected Jesus all through their life, and maybe perhaps like the thief on the cross in the last minute, he receives Jesus as his Lord and Savior. You have a lifetime to do that, but if you die and you have not accepted Jesus, you are held accountable for the unpardonable sin. Again, I want to read the verse. When he has come, he will convict the world of sin, singular, not of sins, plural. Once you're born again, the Holy Spirit can work in that area, but the main one that convicts you is your own heart on the inside. Your heart condemns you. But the point of it is the purpose of the Holy Spirit coming into this earth is he's the one who assists you in, in, when, in when you witness to people. If you talk to people about Jesus, he's there and he's convicting them of this one thing, rejection of Jesus. Rejection of Jesus is the one thing that divides us from heaven and hell. You go to heaven because you've accepted Jesus. You go to hell because you've rejected Jesus. And the word of God tells us in the closing of the book of Revelation that those names not found written in the book of life were cast in the lake of fire. So the dividing line between heaven and hell is the book of life, the Lamb's book of life. If your name is there, you're going to heaven. If your name is not there, you're not going to heaven. And there's only one way to have your name in there, and it's in there eternally, and that is except Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Your name is found in the book of life. You're not cast into hell because of adultery, murder, a homosexuality, any of these things you want to talk about, the Bible is filled with a myriad of sins that we should not be committing, but they're not the reason you go to hell. Jesus died for every sin, and those sins are not held accountable toward an unbeliever either. He doesn't go to hell because of bad life, because of the sins he's committed. He goes to hell for one sin. He's rejected Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It is the one sin the Holy Spirit convicts of. In fact, you can count on it. When you're witnessing to somebody, the Holy Spirit is already at work in them, convicting them of that one sin, separating them from eternal life, and that is rejecting or accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior. It's committed by the sinner, never by a believer. It cannot be forgiven if the person doesn't want forgiveness through Jesus' blood. In other words, the Holy Spirit will not defy the will of an unbeliever. Jesus came and died for every sin except for that one. And this defines what it means by blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. It's the one sin Jesus did not die for on the cross. He died for every other sin, but leaves this one up to us. You say, why? Because if he died for that sin, we would all automatically be saved without a choice. He leaves that one for us so that we go to heaven or hell by our choice, not because of the sins we committed, not because of the transgressions we have had, but because of the one thing of rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. When I was in college, my first year, I had to take a psychology course. And we were in a little town, Miami, Oklahoma, and real close to that's Vanita. At Vanita was the mental institution for the state of Oklahoma. And so since we were in psychology and this town was so close, they took us on a bus trip, put our class in a bus and took us over there so we could visit and talk to the workers and the nurses and all those who were there. It was really interesting when we got there because we were met at the front door and we were taken into a room. We were given a little bit of an overall view of what goes on there and the people that were there. But one man that was there said this. He said, if any of you are Christians in here today, do not mention the name of Jesus. 
Do not mention heaven or hell or don't religion, anything religious. He says, and I'll tell you why, it's because a lot of these people who are here are religious. They come out of church backgrounds, but they believe they have committed the unpardonable sin. For some reason, they said the ministers in the churches and the, and the ones who spoke told them that if they ever committed this sin, they could never ever be saved again. And so many of them are afraid they have, and they are here, and they have the worst type of depression. They tr constantly try to kill themselves is because they think they cannot be forgiven of that one sin. My whole thing while I was thinking there, I mean, here I was only like, you know, 18 years old. I was thinking at the time, well, that's, that's, that's crazy because if they've accepted Jesus, they can't commit the unpardonable sin. They have already conquered it by accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. But they think that somehow through some decision, through some bit of anger, through a cursing at God or something, they got so mad that they let blasphemous words come out of their mouth. God can forgive it. He forgave Peter of his, re, of his uh, blasphemous statements and how he cursed God on the third time when he was with that little girl around the fire. I mean, he forgave him of that. But the point of it is, it's not the words that come out of your mouth. It's not your attitude. It's not any of these things after you're saved. That comes under the teaching on that God wants us to grow up and become disciples. A disciple is a Christian who has learned to put away sin and walk in righteousness each day and gaining in that area every single day. So again, it's the one sin Jesus did not die for on the cross. He died for all other sins and, and leaves this one to us. In fact, what was interesting with that man, he told us, he said, if you mention the name of Jesus or anything, you'll hear screaming. People start screaming and crying. And he said, and wailing, it gets so loud. He said, we have to tell people, don't mention the name of Jesus while you're in there. My whole thought was, well, it's the name of Jesus that can set them free, but they have to be taught. They have to understand from the word of God that Jesus Christ died for them and they accepted him. So they'll never be held accountable for the unpardonable sin. Once you accept Jesus, the unpardonable sin is no longer even a possibility for you to commit. But the sin unto death is, in other words, let's get back to this. The unpardonable sin is committed by a sinner who rejects Jesus as Lord and Savior. But the sin unto death is committed by a believer. And we're going to talk about that. In fact, turn. John is the one we just looked at in John 16, 8. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 5, because here we find the Holy Spirit is telling us through John about the one that the sinner commits, but now he's going to tell us about the one that the believer commits, and this is called the sin unto death. Now, where the unpardonable sin is one sin, the sin unto death is not one sin. It could be any particular sin, but it's a series of sins that leads up to this sin. In essence, it is the straw that breaks the camel's back. It's not called the sin unto death. It's called a sin unto death. The other one was the unpardonable sin. This is called a sin unto death, which brings us back to it. It's not one particular sin. It's not you know, yelling at God. It's not letting a curse word come out of your mouth. And don't look at me so pious, like a curse word's never come out of your mouth. And you go, where did that come from? Well, it came from you. It came from your flesh. But if you ask God to forgive it, he will. Why? Because you're a Christian. Sinners can't do that, but Christians can. You've got rid of the unpardonable sin by accepting Jesus as saved. But now in your daily life, you will commit sins from time to time. And as you grow spiritually in the Lord, the amount of sins get less and less and less. This is what God is looking for in our life. It's called a walk of sanctification, a lifestyle of holiness. And this is what God wants us to have, but only a Christian can do that. 
by the power of the word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. So 1 John chapter 5, verse 16 and 17 says this, if anyone sees his brother, notice this, the other one wasn't written to Christians. This is written to a Christian and actually admonishes, if you see a brother or a sister committing a sin, which does not lead to death, he will ask and will give him life for those who commit a sin not leading to death. But there is a sin leading to death. All right, it's not one particular sin again. Like I said, it's a series of sins. And then this one is the one that really is the final one that breaks the camel's back. And this is not spiritual death. It leads to physical death. The unpardonable sin leads to spiritual death, which is separation from God for all eternity. But the sin unto death or a sin unto death literally is a sin unto physical death. It makes your life come to an end too soon. And we're gonna find many, many believers in the word of God that committed a sin unto death. It goes on to say there in the middle of that verse, there is a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about it. All unrighteousness is sin and there is a sin not leading to death. In other words, not every sin you commit leads to death. But if you don't get forgiveness for it and it keeps on mounting up, eventually there can lead a sin where God finally says, that's it, and your life will be required of you. Do you go to heaven? Yes, you go to heaven. We have a lack of rewards, tremendous lack of rewards, but you still go to heaven because you are a believer. We'll talk more about this when we come back from the break. Be sure, I want you to get a copy of this series for yourself on the sin and the death. Even more mature believers can become confused about two of the sins that are referred to in the Word of God. The differences between the unpardonable sin and the sin unto death have been the source of innumerable questions and discussions. The plain facts are that one of these sins brings spiritual death, the other brings physical death. In three insightful lessons, Pastor Bob Yandin helps clear up the doubts and misconceptions about what each sin really is and what each means to the believer and to the unbeliever. Although the emphasis of these teachings is on the sin unto death, the unpardonable sin will also be thoroughly explained. To order The Sin Unto Death, go to bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website 
at bobbyandian.com and click on partnership. All right, we're talking today about the unpardonable sin and also the sin unto death. And the, again, the unpardonable sin is committed by a sinner. In fact, when Jesus was talking to the uh, Pharisees around him about the unpardonable sin, he told them there's only one sin that cannot be forgiven. That is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. That is rejection of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listen to me very carefully. If a Christian could commit this, why was Jesus talking to sinners about it? Wake up. Understand that? He was talking to them about a sin they were committing. Every day they rejected, rejected, rejected. They were leading up the point. They died in that condition. They were gonna go to hell, not because of their religion, not because of their pharisaical attitudes, but because of one thing was their attitude toward God and then by, of course, Jesus Christ. And they rejected him as Lord and Savior. So again, he spoke to unbelievers about the unpardonable sin. And here in 1 John chapter 5, uh, the Lord is speaking here through John to believers about the sin, or as we pointed out, it's called a sin unto death. It's not one particular sin. It's not, you know, cursing at God and it's not sexual immorality and those types of things. These are forgivable. And they lead to carnality in the Christian life where you can't hear the Holy Spirit's voice. You don't really know what's up and down. You need to confess the sin, get rid of it, get back in fellowship with God, where again, that you become more in tune with God and what he has for you to do. So again, the unpardonable sin is committed by a sinner, not a believer. It cannot be forgiven if the person does not want forgiveness through Jesus' blood. This defines what blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is. It's the one thing the Holy Spirit convicts you of because it's the only thing separating you from heaven. And when you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, then you will never ever face the unpardonable sin again. You become a Christian. But as a Christian, if you stay in carnality long enough, then you can actually physically die in this earth. It's the one sin Jesus didn't die for on the cross. He died for every other sin except for this one, and he leaves it up to us. But the sin unto death, and I wanna read that verse of scripture again for you in 1 John chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. Again, this is not a particular sin. It's not yelling, screaming, cursing, you know, whatever you might think it is. And people have said, oh, you know, I think, you know, that they've committed the unpardonable sin. Well, the unpardonable sin, again, is over when you accept Jesus, but you can commit a sin unto death. First John chapter 5, verses 16 and 17 says again, if anyone sees his brother sinning a sin, which does not lead to death, he will ask and will give him life for those who commit a sin not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not leading to death. He's simply saying all unrighteousness is sin, but not every sin leads to death. There finally comes that time when you don't ask for forgiveness, you don't repent, it just keeps on mounting and keeps on mounting that your life becomes such an obstacle to those around you, and your sin is so apparent to them, and literally you're affecting more people than you know you need to, then they can lead to a believer committing a sin unto death, and this death is physical. The first one was spiritual death. The, in other words, the unpardonable sin is if a person uh, rejects Jesus, he has spiritual death facing him forever and forever, but the death for a believer is physical. All right, he's spiritually alive on the inside, but this death is physical. And we have many cases of it in the word of God, Old and New Testament. This sin unto death is physical, not spiritual death. It's not the loss of eternal life. 
The believer who dies the sin unto death goes to heaven, but may have a great loss of rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. 1 Corinthians 3.15 says this, of the judgment seat of Christ, where believers will stand, it says, if any man's work will be burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as by fire. And we have it in this verse of scripture that if you're a believer and you commit the sin unto death and you don't repent of it, it's there's a possibility even when you're under the sin unto death and you're dying that you can repent and we'll find this in the word of God and your life's extended a little longer. So it says again in 1 Corinthians 3, 15, if any man's work is burned, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved yet so as by fire. So this is simply saying you'll lose rewards in heaven, but you'll still be in heaven. You might smell a little bit like the smoke and a little bit like the, you know, the fire that's there, but the point of it is you'll be in heaven. And so we're going to see examples of this. Let's talk about some of them. You know, there's a friend of mine, a minister, and his wife was caught up in a cult. She left him years ago. He and his sons continued on, but his wife was caught up in this cult and it was in it for years. And it was a weird cult. I mean, but she got caught up. She believed in all of it and they took everything everything from her and they gave her an apartment house, which they had taken over an apartment house and she had an apartment, everything she got at work, all the money came to them, all this, she was under their control. And she'd been in this for almost 15 years. And the minister was walking down the street one day, her husband was walking down the street one day and, you know, prayed for his wife every day for her to get loose of that, tried his best. They wouldn't even let him into the area. But anyway, he was walking down the street and the Lord said, pray this prayer found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And uh, in verse uh, 11, verses 29 and 30, and in, we'll read the verse in just a moment, but it simply says that the sin unto death can be prayed for, but God has to lead you. It must be a direction of the Holy Spirit. And so you can pray for that person to die early. And it says in that case, when they've reached a point and God said, he's reached that point, pray for him. He said, Lord, I don't even know how to pray it. The Lord said, just pray it. He said, it took him a couple of days, but finally he prayed it. He said, in the name of Jesus, I command that man to die. And the next day that man was walking down the street in a city in California and literally fell over dead on the sidewalk. The whole cult fell apart. His wife came back later, repented to him, repented to the son, and they were remarried later on. Tremendous story of God bringing a couple back together, and they're both operating in the ministry today. So there we have an example of, again, the sin unto death. But let's talk about it from the word of God, because there was a man in the church at Corinth that was committing the sin unto death, and the church had to turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 29 and 30 says this, he who eats and drinks in an unworthy man, or eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. He said there were many in the church that were dying early because they were taking unworthily the uh, communion elements and they were eating and drinking them like a feast rather than seeing that it stood for the body of Christ. And it goes on to say, for this reason, not understanding and discerning the Lord's body, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. This word means to die early. There were Christians dying early in Corinth because they had the wrong attitude and they were taking and mistreating the communion elements, not understanding what it meant. Other believers with the direction of the Holy Spirit are allowed to turn the sinning believer over to the sin unto death or a sin unto death. Again, there's no particular sin mentioned for the sin unto death. It's a mounting up one after another to where the finding the straw that breaks the camel's back, the Lord just says, that's enough. That's enough. And we'll lay it on somebody's heart to pray this over them. And literally tells everybody else, stop praying. 
We've been praying for this person for some time. You can stop praying. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1, 4, and 5, it says this. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the gent. You're worse than the heathen. That a man should have his father's wife, what the Greek says here is that he should have his father's wife. It's not his mother. It's his father's wife. He's now, his father's been remarried and he's sleeping with his stepmother. Verse four, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, the Holy Spirit has to lead you in this with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. In other words, this person's gonna die early. And what happened was this man was out under the sin unto death, but then he repented before it actually occurred. And in the next book, 2 Corinthians chapter two, verses six through eight, it says this, this punishment, which was inflicted by the majority of the congregation is sufficient for such a man. So that on the contrary, you ought rather not to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. This man repented between first Corinthians and second Corinthians. And the harder thing for this congregation was to let him back in. They had ostracized him from church. He was out under the sin unto death. He was dying, but he asked God to forgive him. And again, we find this in the word of God. Others have done the same thing. Forgiveness to the person's face comes when they repent. And this is what he was asking. I want all of you to go to him and I want you to forgive him. This releases them. Otherwise, if the person does not ask for forgiveness, but you still need to forgive that person, that forgiveness from your heart to God for them is necessary. You need to be released from them. Even if the person does not repent to you or repent to the congregation, you all from your heart need to release him by forgiveness. You don't lie back in church, but it's more or less leaving him totally on his own or her holding on their own. Let's talk about this from the word of God. Who in the word of God committed a sin unto death? Well, King Saul, who died on Mount Gilboa, in fact, he and his sons died there and the sons died because of their father's sin. He was killed, but the day before he had been to see uh, the witch of Endor. And you know what she said to him? She told him what was going on. And then what happened was, was the spirit of the prophet came up before him and that prophet Samuel told him tomorrow, you and your sons will be with me. In other words, you're gonna end up with me here in paradise, but you're gonna come because of the sin unto death. King David came close to the sin unto death with his sin with Bathsheba. The prophet Nathan told him when, when David finally repented in front of him, he said, your sins are forgiven, you will not die. King Hezekiah, committed the sin unto death, but he repented and had 15 years added to his life. The prophet Isaiah came to tell him, you're gonna die, he said. And so he, he walked off and we're told that King Hezekiah in his place turned and faced the wall and repented. And while he was repenting, God told Isaiah, go back and tell him because he's repented, he's had 15 years to his life. Ananias and Sapphira, committed the sin unto death, lied to the Holy Spirit in front of the entire congregation. Did they go to heaven or did they go to hell? I've heard so many sermons how they went to hell. They went to heaven. 
They went to heaven in carnality. Before the throne of God, I'm sure whenever we have the uh, judgment seat of Christ, they will have tremendous loss of rewards while they are there. But they lied in front of the congregation. They had accepted Jesus, but they were carnal Christians at the moment. And literally because they did it in front of everybody, they died in front of everybody. The man caught in incest in Corinth, we just talked about him, but he repented in time. The Corinthian believers continually misused the communion table and they said they were weak, they were sick, and many of them were dying early. So again, it comes back to it. The one that commits the sin unto death is a believer, not an unbeliever. So with those two, again, I want you to get a copy of these uh, of these recordings. I want you to be able to listen to them and grow more in this particular area where you can begin to comfort those who really have thought lots of Christians. I've committed the unpardonable sin. No, when you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you nullified that. You're now eternally a child of God. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.